So uh, this this past week, um, I promise you, at some point we will get back to the Book of Acts. But I keep getting hit with stuff that, that causes me to come in here with a different a different point of view, different attitude to talk about some things. You know, this week uh, there's a lot going on in the government. A lot of things happening in the world, and and um, it. It struck me as, as interesting that one of the, the individuals who was trying to run for Speaker of the House, Jim Jordan, in his, uh, in his brief remarks that he gave to press and others, he decided that it would be a good time to quote scripture before, before he was, before they went into the final, uh, well, it turned out to be the final, the third vote to try and elect him as Speaker of the House. And it was, I mean, hey, I've, I've got no problem with folks quoting scripture. Um, did anybody hear that? Uh, James acted like he heard it. I don't know if anybody else had actually. Yeah, uh, he was carrying on at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, is there a bad time to carry on with scripture, James? No, I didn't. <laughs> he knew he was going to lose. Why would he get up there and do all yeah, he held out hope, I guess. Um, but he chose to he chose to quote a verse that um, I thought I had it open here. Let me let me get it for you real quick. Um, he chose to quote a verse from Second Timothy, and he he was he was quoting Second Timothy four seven, and he talked about how it is his favorite verse from Scripture, and so. If anybody want, if you want to turn there, that'll be fine while I while I bring this up. Second Timothy four what? Four seven. And and I'm going to play it for you. Hopefully, you'll be able to hear it. A snippet from what he said. Maybe it's here. Yeah, here we go. Let's see if I can get this to, to where you guys can hear it. I'll get to the end of the video. Years ago, um, Paul can't do that if the house isn't open. Okay. If the, we can't we can't open the house until we get a speaker. My favorite scripture verse is 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul's the old guy giving advice to the young guy, Timothy. And he says, fight the good fight, finish the course, keep the faith. And I tell folks, I love that verse because of the action in it. Because of the work. Americans aren't timid folks. They're people of action. And the words of that verse, fight, finish, keep, I think, fit the American spirit. Americans expect their government to fight for them. They expect us to finish our work. And they expect us to keep faith with the principles and values that made us the greatest nation ever, made us the nation that can go from the Wright brothers to Neil Armstrong. That's what we have to keep in mind. And that's the kind of attitude I think we gotta have. The quickest way to get all this working is to get a speaker elected. That's what I hope we can do today. Comments. I don't expect them to do any of those things. <laughs> Well, anybody who was able to follow along with that, first off, did you see any problems with what he said? How he quoted the scripture? 
Yeah, it's, it's in the book in past tense. Yeah, he quoted the present tense. He did. Yeah, he, quote, he quoted it as though the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, this is what you need to do. And, and there's an argument for that. But let's, let's go in there and read it in context um, so that we can try to get a little bit of a feel for what was really intended by Paul in the process of doing this uh, it, because it's important, I think, for us to, well, I'll get into that in just a minute, but but when you, when you think about 2 Timothy, there's a lot of things in 2 Timothy that talk about the importance of Scripture. There's a lot of things in 2 Timothy that that are important for us to be able to know, to take it in context. So 2 Timothy 4, Paul is really telling Timothy a lot more than what is is being portrayed in what was said there. Um, he, here, here let's, let's just go ahead and read the whole chapter. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, repute, well, I can't say that word, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Then in verse 6, Paul starts to talk about himself. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Then in verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So he's encouraging Timothy about the importance of preaching the word and staying in the word and making sure that you, you realize that there's going to come a time when people don't want to heed the word. They don't want to take the word and rightly use it. And then he starts to say, hey, here's how I've lived my life. Here's what I have done. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. So that's the first problem. The first problem is the, the, the quoting of the actual verse is somewhat twisted and somewhat incorrect. The tense is wrong. But what else is wrong with the explanation of it? Well, I think he, is, he by doing what he did, has become exactly what Timothy is warning Paul about. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. He's he's twisting scripture to to fill his own purposes. His own purposes, completely. 
He has, he has completely taken his favorite Bible verse and turned it around to something that is, well, it's, it's referring to, I mean, you can make all kinds of, of inferences here about Christian nationalism, um, you know, about, about all kinds of things. Because he's, he is not talking at all, the Apostle Paul is not talking about Americans. He's not talking about American spirit. No, what faith is he talking about? I mean, my goodness. He's talking about how he lived his life for Christ. He's talking about the importance of us living our lives for Christ. And, and you, you hit the nail right on the head. That's exactly what I was hoping somebody was going to say, is he has taken these, these verses of Scripture, these words from Scripture, and completely turned it around and used it for his own purposes. And, and it, it's amazing to me because in, in 2 Timothy is where we find Paul telling Timothy what Scripture is good for, the importance of Scripture. And it's also where we find the the verse that that when we were you know doing uh, Awana so uh, so stringently here during a time, you go back to Second Timothy two fifteen, and Second Timothy two fifteen is was the key verse for for Awana because Awana stands for approved workmen are not ashamed. And I'll read it out of the NSV here, a little bit uh, different rendering than what we taught back when we taught in Awana. But um, he said, the ESV renders this as, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly dividing, uh, whoops, <laughs> totally lost it, rightly handling, sorry, rightly handling the word of truth. Now, the, the, the King James Version renders that as rightly dividing the word of truth. And I, I really like that rendering a lot better than rightly handling because the, the way I understood the King James rendering was it was more of a literal interpretation of, of, the, of the original text because it was a farming reference. It had to do with when you were dividing the, the crops and you were plowing the field to do it in a straight line, to do it in such a way that it was accurate and it was correct. And, and it's ironic to me that in a, in a book that talks so much about the importance of rightly dividing scripture and rightly understanding scripture, that someone would, would take the words and twist it and not correctly divide the scripture and use it in the manner with which, <coughs> with which Paul is encouraging Timothy to do here. But I also want to bring something really, I feel like is even more important out of this. In 15, he says, do your best, or there's other renderings there, but, but one thing that doesn't change, and all the parallels I looked at in the second part of, of, uh, of the first part of 15, present yourself to God as one approved. Anybody want to break that out for me? What's he, what is Paul telling Timothy to do when it comes to Scripture, why do we work to learn Scripture? Are we doing it for ourselves? Are we doing it for God? Because Paul is bringing out the importance here that you need to present yourself to God as someone who really is, is understanding His Word. And he says you're a worker. It, it takes effort. 
It takes time. It takes study. It takes dedication in order to get to the point that Paul is telling Timothy to get to so that you can present yourself to God as someone who is not to be ashamed because you comp- you've put in the effort, you put in the time, you put in the work, and you understand God's word, and you can rightly divide it. And not only that, you can rightly teach it, rightly explain it, and go on to what Paul is telling Timothy to do, and that's rightly preach it. We, we don't have a luxury as believers in Christ and as followers of Christ, as, as children of God, we don't have the luxury of only getting into his word once a week. And I call that a luxury because, in all honesty, that would be not working. That would be living in the lap of luxury and saying, well, I went to church, I did this, I heard what Tank had to say, I got it, I heard him, it's fine. And I would almost bet you, because I'm talking about me, that if you were to ask me the following Saturday, what did Tink preach on the Sunday before, I would have a really hard time telling you, and that's not your fault. No, I'm the same way. And I'm the one preaching it. I have had to go back to Josh's recordings to figure out where we left off in here on the week before. And I'm the one teaching it. And that shows you where my mind is at once this class is over. It shows you where I'm distracted. And this whole thing has caused me to rethink. And I have to do this often because the world takes me away. But it's caused me to rethink the approach to scripture yet again. And, and to see where I'm missing it and what I'm not doing right. And, and because the first thing I want to do is criticize Jim Jordan and say, hey, man, you're standing up in front of the American people quoting scripture. You present yourself as an evangelical Christian and you don't even take the time to get your favorite verse right before you quote. That's hypocritical if I do that. I know I just did it, but you know. He did it to him. Yeah, I didn't do it to him. But that's hypocritical. It, it is. It's an, it's incredibly hypocritical. That goes back to my statement I made before. Sometimes people just need to hear the truth. Sometimes people just need to hear the truth. <laughs> Not all the time. Not all the time, no. No, occasionally we can just get on you. <laughs> but it takes work. You know, that was one of the things about the Iwana program. The Iwana program was very intent, before they made a lot of changes, was very intent on making sure that that the kids fully understood each verse of scripture that they were memorizing. It wasn't about parroting it back. It was, do you understand what you're saying? You know, so as we were trying to teach the kids to memorize the verses, what should trump the memorization was, do you get it? Can you tell me what it means? Because it's great that you can quote scripture. It's wonderful if you can. One of the things that absolutely floored me one time, I, I, was, I was sitting right here in this sanctuary, and I remember sitting right over there, and Brother Steve was preaching up there. And, uh, and I always looked at Brother Steve as somebody who, who probably knew the Bible better than anybody I'd ever met. And he said in front of all of us that day, he said, I am not someone who, if you come up to me and say, where does the scripture say this? He said, I probably can't tell you. He says, I'll know it's in there somewhere. 
but I won't know exactly where it is. And, and that floored me. I thought, well, you should, you're the preacher, you should know. And of course, as years have passed, I've come to the conclusion that um, the, the, the human brain is only capable of so much. But knowing the meaning of God's word and being able to rightly divide it and rightly present it is far more important than being able to say, well, this is here and that's there and that's that book and I can pull this one out and throw it at you for this particular instance and try to teach you something by pulling it out of context. That's not the purpose of Scripture. The purpose of Scripture is to teach us and to help us to come to know God. And it takes work to get there. I'll stop preaching and let you guys comment. I was a little riled up this morning. At least Jordan didn't say to Timothy. That's true, he didn't. Thank you for the Donald Trump reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah for, for those of you who may not know, um, Donald Trump one time referenced 2 Corinthians as 2 Corinthians. Uh, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Did y'all see that? Okay. I'll get that later. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't so cool, was it? <laughs> you will? Yeah. You got to have any oh. truth to go along with it? Or it? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh. I like, uh, I listen to it when I'm doing the dishes, but it's by Warren Bearsby. It's 50 Christians every, 50 people every Christian should know. But at one point, it just, um, it just changes the way I think about how um, people should study the Bible. And, you know, it's like you look around and you're like, oh, I'm doing good. You know, I'm actually reading my Bible and that's something. But it is. One, one person in there was talking about how it's different to read your Bible sitting on a couch with your feet up than it is to sit at a desk with a notebook and a pencil intending to study, not intending to relax and um, just enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? Well, is it, is it fair to say there's a difference between reading and studying? Yes. And that is a little bit, uh, <laughs> it, it's close to home because I usually like to sit in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know that about, about you, but I mean, I know that about me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to be comfortable. <laughs> and, the, and one of the problems with being comfortable is my mind tends to wander. Yeah. And it tends to go in all sorts of different directions. And, you know, it's like, it's like I wish Brad were here because there was, there was a bad joke in our, in our uh, um, calendar this week. You know, the calendar I gave him full of the, the bad jokes that I have too. Um, it, it was a man talking to his doctor. He says, I think I have ADHD. And he said, why do you think that? He said, well, because I keep, I keep misplacing my Ford. And he says, or I forget where I parked my Ford. He said, but that's not how ADHD works. He says, really? Because I do keep losing my focus. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, he's not here. I got to do something. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I want to add something real quick. Like you talked about memorizing verses. It, it takes me back to work because there's a lot of people I feel like 
memorize what they're supposed to do at work. They have no idea why they're doing this. Yes. <laughs> so it's like they do something and you're like, well, look at what the result that is. That doesn't make sense. It's like, well, I, I did this task. It's like, well, think about it. You put some thought into it. You know, unless you get into it and understand the context and understand why you're doing it or why you're saying it, you're not going to truly understand it. No, it takes it takes more than more than just reading just reading over it and saying and being able to to, to parrot it back. It's uh, it's one of those things. It's always you know I, I've I've been criticized before and, and I'll be criticized again because I talk about and you've, you guys have heard me say it a hundred times. I, I I talk about the you know the Bible reading plans and I'm I'm not against them at all. But it bothers me that it does sometimes give us this, this comfort to say, well, I completed my reading plan today, but do you know what you read? Did you spend the extra time to understand what was read? I want to uh, read something here that is from, um, it's from the website that, that I just think it's a good reference site in the, uh, uh, I seldom disagree with anything that I read there. Not that I'm the be-all and end-all either, but um, on gutquestions.org, they, they have a, a, a synopsis of 2 Timothy 2.15 here, and I just want to read at the, the end here. It says, ultimately, in studying the Word, we are trying to understand what the author has said and not allow our own opinions or views to cloud the meaning of what he has written. When we are diligent to cut straight and to rightly divide the word of truth, we can understand what he has communicated in his word and be well equipped for what he would have us to do and how he would have us to think. And so there is a benefit to us by seeking to please God through this that we can better serve him. If we truly understand his word and, and we are truly in tune with all of the things that we talk about all the time, right? And listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray for understanding. Don't just read the word. Pray for understanding. Pray that the Holy Spirit will work with you and bring the scriptures to life. Because God's word is living. God's word is, is incredible. And, and when you really pair your, your scripture reading, scripture study time with prayer and, and asking the Holy Spirit to, to, to help you to understand, because that is the Holy, that's one of the Holy Spirit's jobs. That's why the Holy Spirit is with us. It is to help us to come alongside us and to be that companion because we don't physically have Christ here. The, the Holy Spirit is serving in that capacity. And, and we shouldn't ever try to quiet that and push that out. And you can do it without even trying. You can do it just by, as Mary just said, you can do it by putting your feet up and getting comfortable and allowing your mind to wander and not truly getting into what you're doing. And uh, I just, it, it struck me so hard this week. You can ask Ann, I've talked about this for the, for the last two days, um, about whether or not I was even going to talk about this here. I'm like, I, I need to get back to the book of Acts. We haven't been in the book of Acts now for about a month. 
And, I, and we've, we left everybody hanging at the end of chapter 19. Um, and uh, uh, Paul has, has just finished up, I think, in Ephesus. And, and we're, you know, we're, we're still talking about his missionary journeys. But I keep running into things throughout the week that I think, i got to come and talk about that. Because we just, I feel like we need to. So I, I ask Ann this, and, and, I, and I really need to ask you all. Uh, uh, just if you ever get tired of me talking about something current or like this, just, just say, hey, quit it. Let's move on. That doesn't mean you, Zach. You don't have. You can't do that. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm turning here to Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. It says, "For the and I'm reading out of the NLT, and I'm sure nobody else is, but for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires." What was that one? Hebrews 4.12. And, uh, you know, I think when we start to, like, this is what I'm going to be teaching about today, is that we're in a fight. You know, this this journey is a fight uh, with Satan. You know, if we start to see the Word of God as a weapon against Satan, all, the, all of a sudden it becomes alive. And I think, I think for us to understand that, we probably have... Uh, had to have been in a pretty um, uh, we probably have in my in my instance anyways a pretty dark place to understand like if you've not had any bad things happen to you if your life has just been really good uh, you might not really understand that but but then when you see uh, the word of God come to life in your own life, then it then it make it starts to make a difference. You start to think, you start to gain traction. Like, oh, this is real. This is not just words on the page. This really is uh, powerful, you know. And uh, I think it just takes time and people and, and wisdom and understanding. But yeah, it's a, you know to stand firm. To, you know, we talk about stand firm today. To even begin to stand firm, you have to seek to understand this word. You have to seek. And if you're seeking, it will begin to make sense to you, but um, you have to just realize that you're in a fight. Like, like, like that passage that he misquoted, it's, I fought the good fight, which infers this is a fight. You know? It is. <laughs> I think as Christians, like being comfortable is cozy. So like if you're just naive to scripture, you don't have to like, you don't want to stand on the ground you stand on. So if you're just like loosely understanding, like if you can quote John 316, shout out to you. But like, if you don't, you're not digging any deeper so you can't, you're not instilling the sword in you. So you're just, you're safely like, I know the Lord, but like, I don't have to tell anybody else anything. You find your own little corner. Yeah, you're in your soft, cozy corner. And, but that's not what being a Christian is. No. No. It, it, it goes back to the overused uh, sit, soak, and sour uh, statement. You know, you, that's, you're a sponge, and, and a sponge that never does anything else just sits and soaks and sours. And if that's all we're going to do as Christians, then we're going to sour, and we're not going to do what, we're, what we've been called to do. What's the last part of what you just read again um, in Hebrews? No, I'll just read the whole thing. Yeah, go ahead. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Yeah, that last part, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That brought me back to uh, the book of James. Uh, when you said that, it, it just, 
I, I thought about James chapter, it's actually James chapter 1, verse 20. Hang on. Yeah, James chapter 1, verse 20. But be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no, bear, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will, he will be blessed in his doing. And it made me think of that the portion where I always think about, about Scripture being a mirror. When we look into Scripture, we should see all of our true self. The scripture should be a way for us to open up the things about us that God says, that's just not something I'm happy about. And we should see all those things when we look in the mirror. It should expose us to ourselves. It doesn't have to expose us to God. He already knows it. But it should expose it to ourselves. And as James says, we shouldn't just look at it, see the faults. When I looked in the mirror this morning and saw that my hair was sticking up like a fraggle, and I didn't do anything about it and just walked away, well, that's not, I'm not acting upon what I learned. I'm not acting upon what I see. And I did. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah, okay. My wife said I looked like a fraggle yesterday, so I just want to bring that up. Fraggle? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's a special reference these days, I think. Yeah, young people don't know what that is. No. And old people don't know what that is. No. <laughs> it's right in the middle. But we're called, we're called to study it rightly, we're called to rightly divide it, and we're called to rightly apply it. And that means to ourselves as well as everything else. Any other comments this morning? I do, I do pray, though, that, that our, our leaders will... I, I mean, I, I, I think it's wonderful that they have, uh, have the... The courage, and I think it does take courage, to say that you're going to quote scripture in public and to actually quote scripture in public. I think that's wonderful. But I, I do pray that, that when they do that, it will be something that they do in such a way that it won't allow me to sit here and have this lesson. So but what I'm hoping this morning is to encourage everybody, myself included, um, to, to, put, to put forth that effort to spend more time in Scripture and to do it in such a way that we are seeking God and to do it in such a way that we are seeking to understand the true application of his words and to be able to explain them to others, not just quote them to others. Because I think that is such an important thing for us to be able to do. I'm not knocking quoting scripture. I think that's important. But it's nice to uh, it, it's it's nice to quote it. It is better and proper to be able to explain it. It's like that verse that 
every locker room has with all with God, all things are possible. <laughs> <laughs> with God, all things are possible. Or, or, or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, I, I get I get in trouble over that one too. Um, because I was telling Annie the other day, I said, or I said it's it's one of those it's one of my pet peeves that I can do all things through through Christ who strengthens me tends to be the the the, the number one personal verse that you hear people quote. And, and I said, I, I asked the question last night. Um, we were talking about a baseball game that I watched. And I said, you know, when somebody, when somebody on one team wins and they say, yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, what does that mean for the guy on the other team who has the same personal verse and even has it in the eye black, you know, and he has prayed to win and you've prayed to win? What, what, what's the deal? Does God hate this team and love this team? How do you, how do you rationalize? It just doesn't work that way, people. That, that verse does not have that type of application. Now, if you are in the middle of, of like the Apostle Paul was and you are being persecuted for your faith, and people are, are stepping on you and throwing you in prison and beating you, and you are constantly singing God's praises. And when people look at you and say, how in the world can you keep singing God's praises and continue to be such a dedicated individual to Christ with everything that happens, then yes, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because that's the actual application of that verse. And so I'm, that is a pet peeve of mine when, it, when, when, when people try to, to use that in sporting events, especially. It just, it just, uh, yeah. So <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> it also allows you to lose with grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just took—I just finished that. Uh, the last class I took was a hermeneutics class, and, and it basically the whole—the whole purpose of the class was to to show you how to analyze scripture in the big picture uh, context, in the in the context of the book that you're reading, in the context of the chapter that you're reading, and and the verse itself. Yes. Within its own historical context and messianic context, so. So you have to, and, and then also, how, how does that apply to us today? And it seems like most people, the easiest thing to do is come up with how does this apply to us today? Like you can read, you can read any verse of the Bible and make up something about how it's applicable, but sure can. you're ignoring the context of the book. Who wrote the book? Why did that? Why are they writing the book? What is the purpose of them writing the book? How does the purpose of them writing the book to the people that they're writing the book fit into the big picture context of Jesus is the answer um, when we just want to pick it up and just read one sentence and think, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can win this football game, boys, let's go. You know, it's just like, what? It's not even relevant. One time when I was in college, I, I tweeted some, a verse out of Song of Solomon, and it was about something about beauty. So out of context. And I was 18, you know, and Jordan screamed <laughs> out of it and texted him, and he's like, no. <laughs> not what you think it means. And like, it's pretty when you say it, not going along like with his vibes, you know? 
Right, yeah. <laughs> and after Jordan was like, he broke it down for me, I understood where it was coming from. I'm like, why is it on coffee mugs? Yes. <laughs> why can I buy that on a notebook? Now, biblical sex talk. Yes. <laughs> You're going to delete that one. <laughs> I wish I could look up what it was, but like, I, I was scorned. Yeah. You didn't know it Wednesday night, Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. You're going to put a sign on the door, you know, certain age, not, not permitted. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that that we can fall. There's a guy who um, I cannot think of his name. He has an incredibly deep voice, and he has a radio show, a radio ministry. Tommy Nelson? No, that's not it. Um, no. <laughs> No, I, every time I see him smile, I go, I just wish you'd get a cavity. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got to stop that. Um, I cannot think of his of his name now, but but he uh, he said that he was a pastor and he was really down. And he he reached he reached back one day on his credenza and he grabbed his Bible and he laid it on his desk and he opened it up. He took his finger and he went like this. And he said it landed on the words, you shall go out with joy. And so he immediately put in his resignation (laughs) and left. And he says, I don't think anyone should ever do that. (laughs) Don't ever do that. He says, I was looking for an answer. I got what I wanted. I don't know if it's, you know, was was God led, but it was an answer. And uh, I don't even know where the, exactly where that was in, in context or where he found it in scripture. He didn't give the reference. Um, but, you know, he could have easily just wound up on the verse that, you know, and says, and Judas went out and hung himself. You know, so you need to <laughs> you need to be careful about how you use scripture. So, <laughs> oh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, and James has already departed. And if there are some others here who need to go to the choir, we'll let that happen as well. Um, thank you for the discussion this morning. I appreciate you indulging me again and letting me rant a bit this morning. And uh, uh, I've been accused uh, uh, years ago of talking too much and not letting other people talk. So um, just jump in anytime you feel like it. It's okay with me. So thanks again. And let's have a word of prayer and head on out. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for uh, thank you for the preservation. Thank you for for keeping it uh, for us to sit here today and to talk about and to study. But most importantly, uh, Lord, through through all of these actions, to allow us to draw closer to you, uh, to allow us to to put our trust and our faith, and and to turn to you for everything that we need. To understand truly that your your grace is sufficient for us, and that in all of our trials and our struggles, um, Lord, we know that you never leave us nor forsake us. That we do have your word to always go back to the Holy Spirit to guide us. And Lord, this morning we do pray that as we leave this room, that you will uh, be with Brother Tank as he delivers the message. And uh, as always, Lord, I just pray that that those who are listening will um, be changed because of the words that are spoken, that relationships will be strengthened and new relationships formed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask all these things. Amen.